Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and excited to be back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show, and also really excited today to have a brand new first-time guest with us, uh, somebody that I met recently, in fact, at the uh, Podcast Movement Conference, the big conference that took place in California, so really excited to have him here on the show today. So Matt Marr, really excited to welcome you to our audience so yeah, Matt, it would be great if you wanted to uh, perhaps take a, a minute or two to introduce yourself to our listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time. Sure. Hey, thank, Corey, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so happy to be here. Um, my name's Matt Marr. I, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm originally from Oklahoma. Um, and I am, I'm a podcaster as well. I have a show, I have a couple shows. I, my main show is called The Dear Maddie Show. It's in a, It's like a it's like a modern day Dear Abby show. Uh, so people writing advice questions because my master's is in clinical psychology. So I'm a therapist. Um, I'm the type of therapist that I am. I'm a narrative therapist. So it's, it's always talking about our talking about our lives in kind of a story metaphor and how we can use metaphors and um, stories and letter writing and, and, and the words we use, how they create kind of the world, our relationships the world into others so that's kind of like my clinical side but then also I'm a stand-up comic so and um and an act commercial actor and a producer so uh because I'm in LA so what else are you gonna do <laughs> so I, I definitely got my foot in both things so I have the Dear Maddie show but then I also have another show that's called TV Tea Time and that's a totally something you don't want to listen with your kids <laughs> show where the, you know we're me and a friend are a comedian friend or recapping television and you know being funny and snarky and just kind of a, a very different side of myself but um and then another thing that I kind of done that I think people find interesting is that I started a summer camp so um uh, there's a summer camp called uh, Camp Brave Trails uh, it's a leadership camp for lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer questioning um, youth ages 12 to 20 and in that camp we talk a lot about speaking and passion and how you can take a passion and uh, and create a movement from that in helping your community wow so <laughs> I guess I don't have to ask if you uh, if you find yourself keeping busy <laughs> it sounds like uh, <laughs> I get busy yeah, I do <laughs> never never a dull moment uh, so I guess then, Matt, you know, I guess the first part, and I know you shared this story whenever I heard you speak at the Podcast Movement Conference, but of course our listeners may not have heard it. So I guess I'm curious, what pulled you into all this? I mean, you talked about, um, you know, what sort of drew you into the entertainment business, and I know it started from a young age, but can you share a little bit about that with us? Sure. You know, for me, I... Uh... So to give you a little bit of perspective is that, so I'm 38 years old. So I grew up in Southern Oklahoma in the eighties, um, well, eighties and nineties, but particularly the eighties is what I'm talking about now. And I mean, it's very, um, I'm close to my family. I have a, a wonderfully supportive family. And yet still I was doing, I was growing up a very kind of effeminate gay kid who was obsessed with Wonder Woman <laughs> in the middle of the buckle the buckle of the Bible belt. So, um, so anyways, just a lot of kind of, for me, a lot of times of feeling a different or feeling like the other. And so it was really when I saw the musical Oklahoma, I saw that musical and I'll never forget like sitting 
you know, I was sitting on my living room floor. I think the, it was on the Disney Channel, and I just start seeing, you know, Gordon McRae, who plays Curly, riding on this horse and singing Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, and just, like, it just kind of one of those moments where you stop. And I heard his voice, and, like, it was, I, I just, like, I even remember what it smelled like. Like, my mom had just vacuumed, so it had that kind of smell of vacuum powder and dust in the air, like, or or that powder, you know, that they sprinkle. I remember it so clearly. And um, I just had that moment of, oh, wow, this is what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to, I wanted to feel connected the way I felt connected right then. And I couldn't even describe it. I mean, a lot of actors call it getting bit by the bug. But I think for creative people in general, I think it's just getting uh, bit by a calling. And, um, and, and that, like, I already knew I liked singing and that, kind of started me on a trajectory, you know, my undergraduate degree from years ago was in opera. So it kind of led me on this way of singing, which helped me develop passion, but also definitely got me kind of out of Oklahoma. And because I knew I wanted to pursue those things and I couldn't do that there. And so it definitely was, it was my first love. And so I guess then, Matt, why, how did you, and I know I'm jumping quite a bit ahead from the early start yeah. to, uh, to where you're at now, but why the jump, I guess, uh, in terms of what you wanted to do and, and, and ending up in podcasting it, within the industry, mm-hmm. um, how did you take that sort of journey? Because, you know, years ago, you would never see that as a sort of a straight line. You know, you would see uh, people only focusing on maybe wanting to do a certain radio show or this or that. So why did podcasting rear its head, if you will? Well, you know, I couldn't have answered, I could not have answered you then, but I can now because I can look back on it and reflect. And in that I can look at, it's been, for me, it's been story. I've always been connected with, the, with a story. I mean, being a narrative therapist and even at my camp, we talk about how you tell your story to affect people. But with going with connecting the dots, per se, and seeing Oklahoma and seeing that story and becoming an actor and being an actor who related to to stories and want to connect with that. And then, you know, as a middle school kid, I got very, very kind of obsessed with like Oprah Winfrey and, and other talk shows. And I loved I would hear these people talk about that I didn't even know that were black, white, Muslim, whatever. They would tell their story of something that I either was other people in my community, or gay, people in my community said these you know, people were either wrong or different or something to be, some people to be feared of, yet I would see them talking on Oprah as normal people and they had the same dreams and the same aspirations and the same hope for their lives that I wanted to have for my life. And, um, you know, again, it was a very different story because for me, being super 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 gay um and i mean that like in superhero way and but being being that and you know i kind of thought my reality was that when i grew up that i was going to i would i was going to die of aids and go to hell like that's what i thought was going to happen for me for my life because that's what everybody around me not necessarily my family but a lot of the kind of like the, for me, the religious kind of narrative around me. So I believe in other friends telling me that or what, when I was getting bullied or whatever, that's kind of what I believed. So in seeing that in, through Oprah Winfrey and then seeing it in other films, just seeing myself in other people's stories is what helped me create my own stories. So that to me, is the, that is the theme line. It's 
whether it's musical, whether it's therapy, whether it's the camp. And that's what led with podcasting. That is directly what I wanted you know, to do uh, is have a place where people can share an experience and talk about their lives and know that, you know, we're not going to laugh at them, but we're, we're going to, I do, you know, cause I'm a comedian, we're going to laugh with them. That's one reason why I did love the show love line with like Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla is that they laughed along with their callers and were like, Hey, we're going through this too. And so hopefully, cause I feel like if you can laugh about it, you can cope about it. And so I, it, that, so that to me is the through line. Love it. And so I guess, Matt, what's the experience been like being a podcaster? Obviously, you went into it, as we all do, probably with some, you know, some expectations some plans. Has it kind of, I'll say it this way, has it worked out exactly as you thought it would? Has it been a totally different uh, beast altogether? Or what's been the experience? You know, it's... I started podcasting because I was in a business relationship. I had a business partner and with a filmmaker and it totally just fell south and it was a bad breakup. It was one of those, we're not just start stopping the business. We're ending the friendship kind of a thing. And so I kind of, so for me, when I started my show, I was like, I need to do something that I just, I found a book called The Artist Way. And it's a really great workbook for anyone who's trying to connect creatively and just kind of figure out what to do. The Artist Way, it's a great workbook. Um, and so it's like $11. It's not expensive. And so I was doing this book. And so it made me recognize that, you know, by five, I was looking at old journeys and like five years before I was saying I want to start a podcast and there and so I that's what enabled me to remind me to do that and I started the podcast because I thought you know I, my goal is to have a talk show that's what I want to do and I thought well I'll just do it now in my living room and it so there's a two-sided coin for me like it's the thing that still fills my heart it's not necessarily the most quote-unquote successful thing that I'm doing per se you know I have other things that maybe are picking up more traction as a producer but I still love it so much. And I think it's an important, and it, every time I do it, I was just telling my boyfriend, I got done doing a show the other day. And I said, it, it's, I feel like if I'm not ever contributing to the world, that after I have this kind of conversation that I matter, it makes me feel that way still um, because I don't have to talk to anybody else about, I don't have to get approval from another producer. So in the, on a personal level, it's changed my life and that it just gives me that sense of creative autonomy. But then it, things have come from it and that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've booked commercial work from people hearing my podcast and calling me in. I'm currently developing Solus Show. I can't talk too much about it because of contracts I've signed, but it's a show based on my podcast. So I never expected that stuff. And the beauty of podcasting is for me is that it gives you a platform to to promote whatever you want to promote and immediately and people get it. Uh, and then also it's um, the podcasting community. I mean, people like yourselves and you can testify from going to podcast movement. It is so from being someone that's in LA and I love actors and I have other actor friends, but still it's way more, there's a bit more of this competitiveness. Whereas I've met podcasters at podcast movement or even here in LA that have like, like Heather McDonald was just on my podcast a couple of months ago and she has a huge podcast, like a millions of downloads a month on Juicy Scoop. And like, 
she met me at Podcast Movement. She was like, oh, you're funny. She's like, I'd love to be on your show. We really, a lot of podcasters, I think, believe the more we support one another, the more we raise this platform. And so I love the community I found within it. And so now, I, I guess, Matt, you mentioned some of the other things that you're doing. So what, you know, from your perspective, is, is there, do you have a preference? And I, I ask this question because of passion. You know, our show is called Conversation with Passion. Yeah. And we bring a lot of people on our show that are multi-passionites, if you will, if uh -huh. I can explain that name. And so I'm wondering, do you have, like, are they all multiple passions for you that are equal? Or do you have one that's a preference? You know, I joke, I say all the time on my show that I have gay DD. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, love so that. I think that's what I call it. Um, I, you know, I do have multiple passions and it's, and it, it, it is a struggle for me, honestly, always to, to, I don't believe in multitasking. I don't believe that. I don't believe that uh, this idea that we can do everything all equally wonderful at once. I, I think that's not actually as a therapist knowing how the human mind works and how the focus works, unless you're, unless you're someone that's like, honestly, like on the spectrum uh, and you're, you, you're like a beautiful mind, that type of mind where you're just so freaking intelligent when you can do that kind of stuff. I think a lot of us can't, I mean, and um, I, and a lot of that developed is from my conversations with women of like, cause I'm a lot of my listeners are moms who feel like they have to be a super mom and do everything well. And so that said, though, it, that is my struggle. I think for me, I mean, maybe Dear Maddie is such a passion project for me. Um, and it's, it, it's something that I, I wouldn't say that I love it more. But it's the rather I would say it's the thing that it connects me the most to what my, uh, you know, what I when I'm doing my podcast, or even right now, as I'm talking to you, I feel like God is putting me here in this moment right now to be present and speak to you or the universe, whatever, Judy Garland, whatever you worship, you know, and, and so that that's what I believe with that I feel that way in podcasting more often than I do in other things in my life. So, but I'm trying to get to that place, I think, with those other things. And I know there's just other cogs in the wheel. So I think it's just important that you're passionate about something. You know, it's that is a, like my own advice I took, but also when I have clients that are taught or people that write into about dating and things like that. And they're like, what do we talk about in the first date in LA? No one is doing usually the job they want to do. Everybody has a side hustle. What, what, and so, I stopped when I was dating years ago. I've been uh, with my boyfriend for like five years now. But before, I stopped asking people what, what was their job because I realized I was asking them often something they didn't really want to talk about. Or they, it's so rare, honestly. I, I don't find a lot of people that love their job, which is sad to me. I, I hope that changes more. But when I would ask people on a first date, I would say, what are you passionate about? That opened up the conversation in such a other different way because what you're passionate about is often you know not what you make the most money at the, De the dear maddie show is not the thing i make the most money at but it is the thing i'm passionate about so it's i think it's great and i think it's important to keep that perspective so now you were talking as well matt about some of the things that have come out of this and you know i know uh from your one of your tweets and then also from being a podcast movement 
two big things that uh, that happened recently. Um, I mean, I won't qualify if they're big for you, but I think they're pretty cool. Uh, one was you winning the the belt, the championship belt at the PMX comp, uh, talk or PMX portion of the podcast movement conference. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that uh, was that something that after you delivered your talk that you said? wow, you know, I, I, this could happen or did, was it was a total shock or where, where did that rest with you once your name was sort of announced? That I think that was a big deal as well. Um, it was, it was a shock for me in that all the other, I mean, you were there, you did, all the other speakers were so, I mean, everybody, you all were so good. So it was, and it was one of those days where I would not have, I felt wonderfully happy for winning, but I also would not have felt bad for losing because I was so freaking inspired after that day of listening to all those speeches, you know? Again, it made me so happy to be with podcasters um, because of the passion that uh, we have. Um, and um, so, yeah, it was, you know, I really, I tried to, for me doing that, it, I didn't really think about winning. It's with with anything I try to do that I end up, either do that goes well for me in my life. Usually if I start with the intention of how do I want to serve my audience? What is my intention of helping? For me, it's all goes back to, to that. I mean, even with the Dear Maddie show or everything I do, I thought a lot about, and I, for anybody who's starting a podcast, I will say, think the, do think a lot about your name and think about your artwork and all that kind of stuff, but think a lot about, what you want to offer to people, what you want to give them. Yes, if you want to do something that is entrepreneurial and you want to make use your podcast to make money from, to sell a, a web class, that's great. But you still you have to think about what am I offering or giving these people for free that is so valuable to them. So that was my intention in going into the speech is I really just wanted to be of service to the other speakers there and help them. And um, so it, it felt it felt wonderful that I felt like I accomplished that um, whenever getting that belt. And now, do you feel that is speaking on a regular basis, is that something that's of interest to you? Or is could that be a gateway to something? I guess is what I'm driving at, you know, being able to uh, have that in your bio that, you know, you, you delivered the talk, and it was the one that was selected. Like, is that something that is a passion to you as well? Or is that something that you just kind of feel I'll do that every now and then when the time <laughs> suits itself? You know, it, I love it. I love it. It's something that, again, it goes back to, you said you have, it's, it goes back to my gay DD and all things that I'm passionate about is that I would, I would like to pursue that more. Um, honestly, it's like one of those things still after even podcast movement, because I spoke to someone in particular who does it. She does speaking for a living and she said, you should do this. And it was just, I've got other irons in the fire as well. So it's something I would love to do. It's something uh, I think that I, I think I, I know I do have a talent for it. And I do feel that I, again, because I think I know how to, because I have a lot of improv experience, I know how to adjust uh, for my audience and really be like, what it's not more important for me to say the speech that I want to say. It's more important for me to, to adapt my speech to my audience. Um, so, cause I did this and I also then I, you know, I went to an arts camp when I was in Oklahoma um, for five years in high school. And so a year and a half ago, they were doing a 40th anniversary and they invited alumni to come back and speak. Uh, and so I went back and spoke to my camp. And so that was definitely kind of developing a speech too. And um, it was, that was so moving for me to be able to do that and to be a, a service to him. So it's, you know, it's, um, it's, 
it's something I would love to, love to do and want to do more for sure. I just need I need to get an assistant or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're 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 speaking to a choir here as well because I I had uh, I have. I have a, well, I've had full-time assistants throughout the years, and then whenever they, for whatever reason, somebody has to maybe they're moving across the country with their spouse or whatever the situation happens, it's such a struggle again to start over. And what yeah. happens too sometimes is that they help you create more work, and then if they have to move on, then now you have more work you have to do on your own. So it's, exactly. Anyway, it's an interesting balance, but yeah, I could right now I would be on the same page, and I would jump on being able to bring on a really good assistant again. So I totally hear you. Um, so Matt, the second thing I said that was, um, I saw and I thought it was a really big development. And, and again, you can tell me your thoughts on that. And I think it was this month, like I think it was, sorry, this year. So this October versus uh, maybe the previous October, but you were on the, uh, the Adam Carolla and, and Dr. Drew show or one or the other. I was actually, yeah, that was, um, that was a pretty big deal for me. I mean, in that, you know, I, so to give your listeners a little bit of, uh, context. So whenever I won this award at podcast movement for the speech and you go up there and I had to get this belt, this amazing, like huge wrestling belt. I felt so butch. I felt like a Von Eric or somebody <laughs> back in the day as a wrestling nerd. Um, so I got this belt and then Mark, uh, cause it's Jared Easley and Mark, they do podcast movement. I love those guys. So the, what Jared Easley has created with podcast movement, that's a whole other, it's fantastic. And, um, but so Mark said, give a speech. And I was like, honestly, I went, Oh crap. I didn't even think about here. I won a speech competition and I didn't even think about the acceptance speech. Cause for people listening, they do this. It's like the Oscars. It's kind of, that's how it works. You go, you give a speech. And I watched other people get up there and do a speech. So you thought, you thought I should have thought of something in case I won, and I didn't. But what I did notice, because speaking of gay DD, is as I was walking up, I saw Dr. Drew in the audience. And so I got up, and I'm kind of just emotionally vomited. And I started talking about how everybody talks about, no, everybody talks about how smart Dr. Drew is, but nobody talks about that he's a silver fox and how hot he is. And he's like six four, and I'm like, come on, y'all. So I'm saying this on the microphone, and people are laughing. But then I also talk about, which is true, about how Love Line was such a huge inspiration for my show, because that's uh, I'm that's what I saw Adam and Dr. Drew talking about, helping other people, talking about two straight guys talking positively about gay people and gay people calling in and talking about their lives. It was it was hugely transformative for me as a person, but also as a podcaster and what I wanted to do. So I said that, and then when I walked off stage, a producer came up to me and said, hey, we want to have you on the Dr. Drew show, and I almost like knees weak, like fell down on the ground. So, so it was to meet both of them, and I just, again, it goes back to the podcast community. They could not have been more gracious. Couldn't Adam, too, who didn't meet me at Podcast Movement, could not have been more kind, like promoted my show. They were just were so sweet and so giving. And it was just such a lesson, lesson, you know, that these people are like, they are like the Oprah Winfrey's of, or the Steve Jobs of podcasters. You know, Adam Carolla has been doing this since the dawn of podcasting. So it's Ian Mark Marin, you know? So the fact that he was so gracious to me, again, it was just a lesson of how I can always continue to be so awesome to people because they were so wonderful to me. You know what, Matt, what's really cool about that story is, as you were saying earlier about how podcasting may not be 
the chief sort of uh, breadwinner or earner, if you will, but how it opens up other opportunities. And here we just, and I didn't even know, by the way, that that's how the, the Dr. Drew show and Adam Carolla, how that appearance all happened. So this was, you know, not something I set up. I did not know that. So if you think about it, it's kind of interesting. You start this podcast, you end up speaking at Podcast Movement, um, you inspire people at the event, and you get, uh, you get to go up on stage and get an award, which is part of because you had the podcast. And then because you're up there talking about the award you won, because you had a podcast, you get to meet and be on the shows with uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. I mean, so yeah, it's a pretty good payoff. It, yeah. It's a, you know, even Do Dr. Drew said on the show, I kind of, they wanted to know that story. And so I kind of told it and Dr. Drew said though, cause he's so smart. He's Dr. Drew. And he said, well, you know, he said, he said, actually, he said, you know, that shows that you were really present in the moment and that you were speaking your feelings. And I think for going back to people that are passionate about something, when I look at moments in my life, whenever I've either been able to stand out or make an impact or I was really successful, was when I was able to be present in the moment and, and actually kind of acknowledge how I was feeling and maybe take and imagine how other people around me are feeling and kind of take that in. I mean, even my speech that I gave at Podcast Movement you know, I was taught the, the the whole basis of the speech was about how to tell a story impactfully. And I threw out a lot of my speech in that moment because I had been affected by other speeches I just heard. And I used those speeches as an example. And I think that was impressive to people, but I think it was impressive in that I was connecting with literally what was happening in my environment around me. And I think for anybody listening to this that wants to be connected to your passion, I, if you feel like you want to connect to your passion more, you need to, I really suggest mindfulness exercises just because to get you in a place where you're feeling your body, you're feeling your emotions and you're feeling kind of what I want to do right now. So Matt, that, that's perfect and great advice. And, and I would second that. Uh, I've, I've done mindfulness exercises. I meditate. I practice yoga. I have to say as well, I have to get back to each of those things. So I've yeah. slipped and it's time to work my way back. So that's another reminder for me. Uh, but Matt, I have two final, I'm going to call them official questions. And then okay. one official question is just going to be how we can learn more. So the, the two last official questions, the first one is, how do you define success in terms of what it means to you? Ooh, that's a good question because it's honestly something that right now I'm in a good place so I can define it well. But, you know, if it's a month from now and I haven't booked a commercial in a long time and, you know, money's tied or this or that, then I might like be telling my boyfriend I feel like a loser. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so um, and so I say that um, that that so again, it goes back to for me success is the older I get and the more I kind of experience this for me this success is connecting with one person I really try to take it that way if I can because I if I could connect with one person at least I know that I'm successful in that moment of just trying to feel like feel like I matter in the world and and helping someone else feel like they matter in the world that's kind of my step I just take that step by step day by day honestly Wow. Well, that's, uh, I think that's a pretty, pretty uh, good definition. And I don't think many people would argue with that one. It's, uh, I, I think more of us, uh, if we could connect with one person and, and just make that strong connection, that would, uh, that could change our whole life. Yeah. So, love that. And so my second official question is, if you could sit across from a younger version of yourself, and so Matt, I'll say you can pick whatever age you want, because you would know where you're at at that point in your life. But if you could give life advice to that younger Matt, 
Um, what do you think you might tell him? Ooh, this is interesting because on my own podcast on Dear Maddie, I have a guest host every week. Um, and so um, you should be on my show, P.S. I'm asking you on your show so you have, so you have to say yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm in already. I'll tell you All right, right, good. Um, but one of the, I do these chatty Maddie questions at the end. I have five questions I ask everybody. And one of them I asked, I said, what's the best piece of advice you wished you had taken earlier in life? So, I mean, very same way to ask the question. So I think about this a lot. And I hear people's answers a lot. And I think I'm going to give the answer that, I, that, that, that what people say on my show the most probably is don't, um, don't let other people's opinions about your life affect your decisions of your life. And because I think that's for me, that's something I still battle with. But that as I was younger, I was so why I kind of got to start late, you know, in acting and moving out here is that I was so worried about what my parents were going to think about my decisions or, or that as a gay kid, I worried that like, um, you know, I, I wanted to do musical theater, but then I was like, Oh, if I do musical theater, then everybody's going to know I'm gay, which is not that every man that does musical theater is gay, but there is that stereotype. So I think it's just the, the older I get that the easier it is for me, it's still hard, but it's just, don't let other people's voices determine my validity. That, well, that's, yeah, that's amazing advice. I, I you know what, I kind of wish that myself personally, I would have uh, listened to uh, you tell your younger version that, be a fly in the wall and, and took that advice myself. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's something where I think uh, it's so easy to basically, essentially rest our worth on what other people think of us, what they say about us. Uh, yeah what we do in their eyes, whether or not, you know, they think it's valuable. And I think it's a, as you get, I, I, I don't want to say older because, you know, people can get older and still not change. But I'd like to think as we may be, what did, what did Oprah used to say? When you know more, or sorry, when you know better, you do better. And I think she got yeah, it from Maya Angelou. Angelou. Yeah, that's my Angelou quote. Yeah, when you know, but that's so funny you say that because I, I, that's kind of as very young age, uh, I adopted that for my, I say that all the time to myself. Because it is, it's kind of gives you, when you know better, you do do better, but it's just, we're kind of all learning and experiencing this and to give, your, to give yourself a, a bit of a break in that, because it's the catch 22. I would have given my, that advice to myself when I was younger, but would I be in this place had I not <laughs> gone through that process, you know? I snickered because I, I don't ask it anymore, but my follow-up question used to be, well, two-part, would your younger self listen? And then, <laughs> then we explore. So then I would explore, uh, but here's the catch. Here's the catch-22, what you just said. It's almost like Steve Jobs talks about joining up his dots in his Stanford commencement where he said he could look back and see how all these things had to happen for him to become the Steve Jobs of today, let's say at the time. And I can look back and see all these things which I thought were massive failures at the time but if they didn't happen, if I changed one of those things with the whole butterfly effect, all of a sudden my whole life would be different and I wouldn't be the person that I'm happy to be today. So it's, it's, it is a catch-22. Exactly. It is a catch-22. You know, I think that's why for me, I really try to, you know, because even this year, especially, you know, this was a harder year for my boyfriend and I. It's just he had job stuff. We had to put our dog down of like 13 years. So it was just a lot of my father, I'm actually flying to, to Oklahoma tomorrow because my father's having major surgery. So it's just been kind of a rough year. And I'm so grateful, honestly, for, um, for gratitude because, you know, I'm, I, 
I'm grateful. I try to be grateful for honestly the kind of the the crap of life as well, because that is what makes when we are having these moments of wonder of connecting and hope and when you feel quote unquote successful, I only have those moments and I'm only able to fully feel that joy because I've I I let myself fully feel that pain. And it, you have to have both of those things in life. And we're kind of in this culture now where, you know, we're talk about self-worth. It's about an Instagram post to see how many likes you get. And I know I'm prone to that too. I'm like, oh, this post has been seen like 20,000 times or whatever. But it really isn't about the post being seen 20,000 times. It's about the one person who sends me a message on my show or texts me, you know, about, like this, we you know this week we're I'm talking with a guy, amazing author who talks about sexual consent and harassment, and kind of talks about how to teach your children about sexual consent, which is so pro, which is it's a huge topic right now. You know, is it the, my most downloaded show so far? Not at all, but it's that one person, my listener, who tweeted me and said, "Wow, this is just I have a whole new way of talking to my son. Thank you for this." And I'm like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. So I kind of have to let go if millions of people have seen it because it doesn't matter because one person has seen it and they were affected. And that's, I can only take that and go with that. Wow. <laughs> that's, you know, Matt, that's, that's an amazing uh, discovery, but also it's something I think we could all use more of. And I agree with you that, and, and, and you know, I know we're generalizing, but, you know, it's, there is this whole thing now about how many texts did I get today or how many likes did I get or how many shares did I get. Uh -huh. But, you know, we have this guest that was on our show a number, well, probably two years ago. And his name is Gary Loper. He's a, a Twitter influencer. And he was telling me that, you know, he gets all these shares and all this other stuff. But what means the most to him is he's had, yeah, and I don't know the number, but let's say four or five tweets. And this is a person with, you know, 400,000 Twitter followers. And I don't know how many tweets he does a day, but he's had, I think he said like four or five tweets in his five years of uh, uh, using Twitter that where people have said, you know what, that thing you shared today may have just saved my life. Yeah. And those four or five moments, he said, go way bigger than the whatever number of impressions or shares he's probably had in those five years, like millions, literally. But there's nothing like hearing somebody saying, you made a difference in my life. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, and, and, you know, that's important for your listeners. And, and, you know, I try to tell people this, that we often don't think about, uh, we think we don't want to bother people and um, what it is to give thanks to people. And, you know, it's like whenever, sorry, I'm getting texts on my computer. I don't know if you hear dinging. If it's dinging, I apologize. Um, but we often don't, we don't, we say thanks, but we often really kind of don't tell people what we're thankful for about them. And so that's so important. Yes, to podcasters, yes, love us, love us, tell us that we're helping. It makes us feel like we're, we matter in the world. But it is that concept of like, again, going back when my dog passed away, I used to be one of those people that would think, oh, someone died or a dog died. I don't want to bother people. I don't want to bother their grief. And it was actually so much more meaningful when the, all the people that actually called me and talked to me about my dog, they weren't bothering me. They were actually making me feel better that I was like, you know, that I was a mess about my dog and I felt like I'm being so stupid. I need to not feel this way. I don't know why I would do that. We do that to ourselves. So we need to get over this or pass this. And so I think it's so important whether 
your support your friends and and your podcasters let them know you know if you've been listening to Corey's show for a while like send him an email that hey this was really this was impactful the conversation you had with this person or that or when you said this that affected me this way a that makes us feel good but then also what my listeners have done and you can attest to this too Corey, is that they help craft my show when i hear back from them and i know oh this is what's really working for them and they really like, then I'm able to give more of that to them and create a show that really is truly ours, not my show or their show, but our show. Yeah, I love it. It's a, you become a tribe rather than exactly. just a host and listeners. Love it. Yeah. So Matt, my very last question, I promise the unofficial question, uh, it's a really easy one. Just for those that have been listening that want to hear your show, want to learn more about what you're doing, want to follow you more, where would you normally direct them? So they can go to many places. Uh, probably the easiest would be they can go to uh, my website that kind of takes them to everything, all of my podcasts and stuff is mattmar.tv. And that's just two T's, two R's, M-A-T-T-M-A-R-R.tv. You can also find me, all my social media stuff um, is the mattmar, two T's, two R's. And so, or, you know, they can, they can just Google mattmar wherever they listen to podcasts, whether it's Stitcher or Google Play or uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, just go Matt Mar, and then they'll be able to find the Dear Maddie show and the TV Tea Time show that I do. Well, that's all, folks. That's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to ibtradeshow.com. Engaged Leadership. Go to in-gaged.ca. Permadry, guaranteed solutions for leaky basements. Go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes, your site for great service. Sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning, never stop learning. Go to oxfordlearning.com. SmileDog, your receptionist. Go to smiledog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.